Good morning. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance, where in the next 15 minutes, I bet I can get you excited about investing. Let's do it. What is up, everybody? This is James. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance. Let's get into the news today. Uh, Before that, we got our term of the day, though, don't we? And, you know, I was thinking about what term to do today, and I decided I was going to make one up. I said, you guys are going to get the in the insight from James here. Uh, well, we all know FOMO, right? FOMO, fear of missing out. That's a that's a legitimate finance term, and it's a also a real life term, but it is a legitimate finance term, fear of missing out. And it tends to be people are scared of missing an investment, right? So you hear NVIDIA is doing really, really well, or Tesla, and Tesla's already done really well. And so they invest money in Tesla at all time highs, right? And now you're kind of really at risk just because the stock could totally drop. And then if it goes up, you look like a genius. But usually what happens when you hear news, you hear news of something like so Tesla uh, just created a battery contract with this new lithium company in Taiwan, etc. Well, that's the market's already considered that if you're reading it, it's already happened. Okay, so you're missing the news that you think you're getting in on. Okay, that's FOMO, first and foremost. Fear of missing out. You read the article, you get in. Now, my favorite one that I just made up, and I deal with this every day with clients, with my own money, with my family's money, uh, pretty much constantly, this is the most common one, Foley. Okay, Foley, I'm making it up. Fear of losing it. F-O-L-I, Foley. Okay, write it down. Keep it in memory. Get it tattooed. Do something. FOMO and Foley. Foley is way more important. Okay. Fear of losing it. And I wanted to bring this up first thing because it's the end of the year. And I have had more talking clients off the cliff, meaning talking clients out of, you know, moving everything to cash, becoming uninvested. I've had more of those conversations this year than probably the last seven years combined which I think is funny because we had COVID and COVID was, I had probably 900 clients at that time when I was working for another firm. So these, the the clients that I have now, I have way less, right? But I've had more of those conversations and that's totally fine. I think that's part of my value as an advisor is to give you a logical approach, right? So we're, I'm a doctor, quote unquote. (laughs) Uh, I like to use medical comparisons just because Every single person in my family is medical, but me. Uh, So yeah, you can imagine what dinner conversations are like. I have to quickly eat my food before the question. So what'd you do today comes up? Uh, You hear a lot of very interesting ER stories. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, But guys talking about Foley, I just want to read some articles. Okay. So let me, or article titles. Let me pull them up real quick. This is just a quick Google search. Okay. Just a quick Google search. Let me read these for you. How likely is a 1987-style stock market crash today? Likelier than you think. October 18th. These two commentators who have been warning of a market crash say it's now here, October 26th. Here are the odds the stock market will crash, August 24th, 2023. That's the first three uh, Google options whenever I type in 2023 market crash. Okay. So they're all over the place, and that's from MarketWatch, which is the same place that I get my information for this podcast. It's where I get a lot of my data. 
I use Wall Street Journal, Market Watch, Kiplinger, a whole bunch of other places, but Market Watch is, I, I love Market Watch. I say that because we're very close to all time highs right now in the stock market, like really close. And I'm bullish on the stock market and I have been all year. Okay. And my clients who are listening to this can validate that I've tried to talk them off a cliff. I'm like, listen, I think this is going to go up. It's just a roller coaster. We're having some really high highs and some really low lows and it's volatile. But these articles are telling everybody there's going to be a stock market crash. Okay. In 2023. And we just had the best month we've had in the last three years or something like might be five years, three years. I, I can't remember. But I say all of that to, to teach you fully, okay? Fear of losing it. If all of my clients would have gotten out of the stock market, they would have, they would have gotten out at 4,000, which the stock market now I think is at what? What's it at? It's 4,555. Okay, that's basically a 25%, a little bit more than 25% um, increase, okay, from 4,000. Basically, they would have, they would have totally missed out. Okay. And then once it got like today, if they would have got out in February and now we're having a review, they would have fear of missing out. Right. Which would technically just be regret and disappointment. So I say all of that to remind you, not me, not market watch, not, uh, uh, Barry, Daniel Barry, Bradbury, whatever his name was from the big short, the guy with the eyeball, uh, <laughs> the guy who made the right call on, on shorting the housing market, he doesn't even know what the stock market's going to do because you know what he did? He made a $1.7 billion bet that there would be a market crash. And now he has to cover that loss because that was maybe two months ago and he expected it to happen. And now he has to pay a billion dollars or I don't, not entirely sure the specifics, but he has to pay a lot of money to cover that loss because he was wrong. So when you have those feelings, just remember, okay, if you don't need the money, just leave it. There isn't any real wisdom into timing the market. Okay. You might get lucky. You might get, you might get it right, but it's better to pick solid investments and hold it than it is to make a decision out of fear. Okay. Out of Foley. Don't have Foley. Well, I can't tell you not to have it. But respond to it with a logical and try to be as emotionless as possible. I know it's hard because you've earned your money, but try to take a step back and see it as objectively as possible. Okay. And that's why a lot of advisors are, are worth something. Why it's, it's smart to work with them. I, I would argue just to take it back a step. 90% of advisors are probably not very impressive as far as what they're going to provide for you. A lot of them are just salesmen, but there are advisors out there who will give you an honest assessment. They will be honest with you. Okay. And if you have a hard time doing that with yourself, go, okay, go find a doctor that will give you an honest, uh, objective view of your financial health. Okay. That is what you should do. And you should, I mean, if you manage your own money, then all you have to do is find somebody you like. A lot of them probably have some sort of, um, some like subscription based monthly or quarterly newsletter, you know, maybe it's 250 bucks a year, but if you're managing your own money, which anyone can do, by the way, you need to pay for those things, pay a couple hundred bucks a year, 
get insights from professionals who do it for a living, and then you can you can basically bounce your ideas off of them. Now, again, nobody, no, not me, not Mother Teresa, not Donald Trump, not anybody knows what the stock market's going to do. But we can give you the professionals on this side, on the financial services side, can give you an honest professional assessment, right? Um, I'm ranting now, but I just I was looking at these articles, and I had a call with a client yesterday, and they were like, "Wow, I'm I'm really glad I didn't sell," and and I'm just thinking, "Wow, thank God I was right because I don't really know. No one really knows, but I did have a logical, mathematical approach to it." And I also said, you know what? We are already in a recession. We're going to come out of this stronger. We're worried about interest rates. It just seemed in my head logical that we just hold. Okay. Barring a World War III situation, nothing was going to happen that I didn't think could be recovered quickly, meaning less than 12 months. And also, guys, that's what a lot of these advisors do or these people that sell investment products, maybe insurance, et cetera. Uh, they sell fear. Okay. They sell fear. They want you to make a decision out of fear. Okay. And that's Foley. So don't use, don't buy stuff or sell stuff on Foley. Okay. I've only got six minutes here, so I got to get into the content, but I did want to say a couple of, uh, headlines really, really quickly that I think are fun. Uh, okay, here we go. Amazon overtakes UPS to become largest U.S. delivery business. First off, why is that not way bigger news? That's crazy to me. UPS has been around for, I mean, it's probably now, probably since the early 1900s, but I, I don't know that for sure, but way longer than Amazon. So Amazon has become the biggest delivery business in the U.S. according to a report based on internal company data, which showed that the e-commerce giant delivered more packages to homes in 2022 than UPS after overtaking FedEx in 2020. The U.S. Postal Service is still the largest parcel service by volume. Shares of UPS and FedEx were a little changed in the pre-market. Okay, so maybe not the strong, the biggest ever. UPS and um, the U.S. Postal Service and Amazon are all the top three. So Amazon is second. But we know probably going to increase eventually uh, if they decide to get into the mail business, which I think they probably will. I mean, I don't, I can't imagine what Amazon doesn't try to do. Uh, anyways, the next one, let's see. Okay. Wall street is gearing up for rate cuts. 20 months after the federal reserve began historic campaign against inflation, investors now believe there's a much greater chance that the central bank will cut rates in just four months than raise them again in the foreseeable future. Interest rate futures indicated last week, a roughly 60% chance the federal lower rates by a quarter of a percentage point by its May 2024 policy meeting, up from 29% at the end of October, according to CME group data. The same data has pointed to four cuts by the end of the year. So you guys can't see this, but I'm looking at a graph projection that is pretty impressive. It's January, it's at 5.3, and then in December, it's at 4.4. So that's basically a whole drop in the next year, which everybody would love. A lot of millennials, like myself, are thinking about buying a house, so this is great news. Okay, so the article that I want to read is from Market Timer, but or sorry, Market Watch, RIP Bob Brinker. Market Timer was a subscription newsletter like I was talking about earlier from one of the greats, uh, Bob Brinker. He just randomly stopped in January, I think, and uh, that's something I'm thinking about doing is doing a subscription newsletter uh, probably we'll bring it out in 2024, but just for those who want to invest themselves. 
Um, yeah, so this is from Market Watch. I don't know why I just did a shameless plug. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but let me read this really quickly. I only got three, four minutes here. Uh, Deutsche Bank appears to be sitting at the top of Wall Street's 2024 forecast for the S&P 500 with a call for the index to reach 5,100. And that its strategists say may turn out to be a conservative estimate. A team led by Bankim Chadha, the chief U.S. equity and global strategist, said the S&P 500 has seen solid earnings this year, but perceptions remain lackluster due to still low year-over-year earnings per share growth and corporate uncertainty over the macroeconomic outlook. They say that could change in the fourth quarter when year-over-year earnings growth is expected to near 10%. RBC and Bank of America each have 5,000 targets, while Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley are below that level. Not every bank has so far published its target. Okay, so what do I got? Two minutes? Oof. Uh, Let me just briefly say, I, since last year, have been saying, I think the market's going to be new all-time highs, maybe 4,800s in, I think I said 12 to 18 months. That was two years ago. Or a year and a half ago, roughly. So I am right in that window of could have been correct. Again, I'm not saying that because I'm a super genius. And technically, the only people that can really confirm that are those who either re-listen to these podcasts or clients. Because those are the people that I, I speak to. But these projections, again, let's bring it back to those head, those article headliners I was reading, you know, Doomsday stock market, stock market crash going to happen. These are the exact same people that said that. Okay, so that guy, what did I say his name was? Bankim Chadha. I bet if I Googled, I'm betting, not saying I'm for sure, but I'm betting that if I Googled his outlook in the last year or two, it's probably either neutral or not positive. Okay, and that's just how it is. These things are very fickle. Opinions are fickle. And I just, I want to encourage you, make your own decisions. Now, if you have an advisor, for example, like myself, I have discretionary authority over a client's assets, meaning I can technically invest however I want to with them. Now, I don't do that. Every decision I make is ran by the client, explained to the client, and it's presented in a, hey, here's one option, here's another option. Sometimes there's five options, but I give them options and I tell them which one I would do if I was them, and then I let them make a choice, okay? These people don't have any, uh, he just manages a fund. So he just has to care about the fund, meaning that people can choose to invest, advisors can choose to invest money into it, but he's not actually tied to anybody losing or winning money. He's tied to a fund. So that's really all he cares about. Um, and you guys need to think about that. You you are one step away from your money. Technically, it's it's outside of your health. It's your, the next most important thing for you, health and family and the, the health of your family. But wealth is, the right, is right there. These people don't care about that. Okay. You have to be the one to make these decisions. So either get you an advisor who gives you options and explains things. Okay. Who's also a fiduciary. Don't work with someone who is, is that a broker dealer? My advice to you is not to do that because they get to choose what they wear, the suitable hat or the fiduciary hat. They get to choose. And for those of you who don't know, suitable means it kind of makes sense. So we're talking annuities, um, not all annuities, but most annuities. Annuities are sold, never bought. Remember that. 
They have to be conv- the client has to be convinced of an annuity. Uh, but listen, this is what I mean by that. Maybe it fits. It like kind of fits. It's like a puzzle, and I kind of have to like punch the piece in to make it work. That's suitable. It it works, but does it really? Is it the best option? And then fiduciary is the very very best option for you. Okay, and that usually means constant communication, constant review. Hey, how do you feel about the stock market right now in January 2023 where it's not doing so hot? Do you feel like you want to go to cash? Oh, you do? Let me explain why you shouldn't do that. Okay, so those are the types of things that you need from an advisor. It's part investment manager. It's part retirement planner. It's part growth uh, wealth management. And it's also part like counselor. Okay, emotional and... I guess you could say logical advice. Uh, I'm ge- I'm getting into a rant again, but it's just very, very important to me because I've seen so many advisors. I've worked with probably close to a hundred now, meaning either I was their superior and they asked me questions about investment products or I was their, uh, I don't want to say slave. That's not the right term. Intern. And I had to get them coffee and I had to uh, do all the data entry, all of that. There are different advisors out there, guys. Okay. And I started my career as a suitable advisor at an insurance company where we sold products. And I can tell you at 23, when I had no idea what I was doing, I felt uneasy about investment products selling them. I felt uneasy. There was something morally that I just didn't align with. And now I look back and I go, dang, I had a good intuition. Okay. But I, I would bring that up to those advisors. I would bring up my concerns and they would say something totally nonsensical like, oh, you just like that's that, that's that fear is not right. Don't worry about that. This is exactly what the client needs. And the client would be like a widow who just inherited seven hundred thousand dollars. She already has Social Security. She has all the money that she technically needs to cover her expenses. And let's sell her an annuity now and an annuity. If you guys don't know what it is, all it does is you give money to an insurance company and they say, hey, we're going to hold on to this for three, five, 10 years, but we'll guarantee you, you know, 40 grand a year. You know, it's basically just a, it's a safety guarantee and they, the deals usually are not good. Okay. The deals are not good. So if you have an annuity and you want it reviewed, I'm not going to say I'm an expert, but I've seen thousands of annuities. Okay. So uh, I have a very strong opinion about it. Insurance is another one. They were pushing insurance, but you don't want someone who does that. You want someone who's going to work with you, okay, not sell you something. And I think it's pretty easy to tell which one is which. But I'll have a podcast on eventually where I just hash out every question you should ask an advisor, okay, every single question. And if you're young and you don't have an advisor, you don't really have any money, an advisor should want to work with you, okay, because you will eventually have money. And if they don't, then they're looking at clients like money. That's, that's all they're doing. They're looking at like a paycheck. Uh, all right, I am four minutes over. That's crazy. This might be one of the longest ones I've done. But anyways, I'm done with the ranting. As always, guys, invest early, invest often. We will see you later this week. Have a good one.